Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Eric the Smoke Moran, and you're listening to Heroes 101. And if you're not listening, then you're a chump. So you need to listen in and become a hero on Hero 101. Yes! That's awesome! That's possibly the coolest thing I've ever heard. Film catering. So we got to do, uh, God, this is like our fifth 
fifth film that we've uh, done catering for? Something like that. Something like yeah. that, yeah. And, uh, they all roll together. Yeah, <laughs> they all roll together. And then we uh, we did that for a week, saw some bears, saw some lightning. And, and when I say lightning, you you East Coasters have the world's greatest lightning storms. It's, it's ridiculously scary sometimes. Um, and uh, turned around and, and drove home. And here we are. That took us almost an entire month, that trip. So, whew. Yeah. yeah, so if you, if you ever wonder what superheroes do on vacation, it pretty much involves driving, what, 7,000 miles, you know, <laughs> and then, what, cooking for 12 hours a day in a kitchen which is 120 degrees. Uh, yeah, that's not even, he knows. This isn't an exaggeration because I was in contact with Spectre while we were doing that. Um, yeah, the kitchen that we were in was, uh, the air conditioning was out, <laughs> but the show must go on, right? So we, we had to cook. Uh, we have to cook their breakfasts, their lunches, their dinners, and make sure that they have snacks throughout the day because you know how these diva stars are, right? But, yeah, it uh, the, the kitchen reached temperatures of, like, 110, so we had to hydrate. We were wearing sweatbands across our head that had been doused in water and, you know, just looked crazy. It was like a, a paramilitary operation. It was insane. That's what she said. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know what's cool is... Uh, my family came up to visit uh, Rockenberg while they were working and, and while they were slaving away in the kitchen. We actually went out for ice cream, and we ate uh, maple and bacon ice cream. And, and we were in there while we ate it. <laughs> it was, uh, it yeah, was yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah, you know what? That's why when we see you in a couple of weeks, it is, we're going to kick your ass. Oh shit! No, we're just gonna eat ice cream in front of them. We're gonna we're gonna lock him in a hot room and eat ice cream. And yeah, we'll send him. We'll send him video of us <laughs> eating ice cream while he's locked in a hot room. Exactly. This is my punishment. Uh, <laughs> um, so maybe we've kind of been remiss in, in explaining who the hell we are, what this radio show is, and, and what it is that we do, which is much better than what I tried previously, which was what we are and who we do, but which, whichever of those floats your boat. Um, so... Uh, so we are part, we are members of a, uh, a group called the Initiative, who uh, are a loose coupling of various groups across the country and, and some in Europe who um, who are involved in in various kind of altruistic or outreach type uh, pieces of work. Um, we are part of a, a community that's uh, known as the Real Life Superhero Community, and we do a whole bunch of stuff that I kind of figured before we get into the, the guts of this show in terms of who are the Real Life Superheroes, maybe we should explain what it is that they do. So, you know, I guess one thing that we do a lot here in New York is, is homeless outreach. And, um, you know, I guess homeless, the, the problem of homelessness um, is different depending on where you are in the country. You know, there's different weather, there's different government programs in place, so, so there are different needs. But, but certainly here in New York, you know, food is a big problem, um, personal hygiene is a big problem. Simple things like socks are, are just a major problem to people who are out on the streets. Um, and then obviously in the winter, you know, warm clothing and coats and hats and gloves when we get down to, you know, single-digit uh, temperatures. Um, so, so that you know, that's one thing that we do a lot of here. Um, generally, uh, put you know money from our own pockets into into collecting these things, or or have drives through various local companies that are you know willing to uh, help us help us generate some uh, some supplies for the homeless community. And then we go out on a on a Thursday every week and uh, and and primarily look around the kind of mass transit systems in New York City and uh, find find the people who. Uh, are typically the people who who don't 
uh, fit in in the shelters for whatever reason. You know, they don't feel safe there. They've got a family that would be split up there. You know, they may have been mugged or, or raped or worse in, in these shelters. So, you know, there's normally a very good reason why they're on the streets. And, and you know, to be fair, some of them have drug problems and alcohol problems or, or both. Um, but they're still human beings and they still need, you know, clothing and food. So those are the people that we try to help on a, on a weekly basis. Um, and I know, you know, obviously in, in San Francisco, the problems are, are different over there, although similar. And, and I know you guys do a lot of work with uh, needle pickups, right? You've been doing that for years. Yeah, we, uh, we're we trying to hit 8,000 uh, this year. So we are fifth year doing it. We're, we're heading on to a fifth. Um, and we're up to 7,000 something. But And that sounds disgusting, I know. It is um, to know that those we're finding more and more out right on the main streets. I mean, we took pictures just this past weekend of of how close the pile of needles uh, was lying next to this just main thoroughfare. We got a picture with a lady pushing her you know cart right past them, and they're out there. Uh, it, it, we have a lot of homeless um, in San Francisco, and and unfortunately, we have uh, one of the country's largest number of heroin users. Um, and, you know, who happened to just leave their needles lying there. So, um, you know, regardless of whether they have a drug or alcohol problem or not, like Spectre said, they're still human beings, and they still need help. They still need our help. So um, the weekly outreaches are – the needle pickups are, are essential. The weekly outreaches are, are something that, that uh, we really try to get behind because um, if we don't do it, not many other people will. So, yeah, back to you, Spectre. I'm sorry, I could go on about this forever, so I'm going to I'm gonna no, stop no, right I now. Did, like you say, I mean, your um, your photos over the weekend were shocking, like you say, just how close, uh, you know, used and, and possibly, you know, lethal needles are in terms of the, you know, the bacteria and diseases that could be on those needles, how close they were to a family is just absolutely shocking so you know and i I can definitely uh, understand why you why you're driven to do that and you know i must say from from being involved when i've been out in san francisco it's a very cool way to see you know some parts of the city that you may not otherwise have seen and and to feel like you're (laughs) making a difference in helping um it's a very different smell (laughs) to uh to what i'm used to (laughs) there's uh, yeah yeah i mean was it poop cake alley there's yeah there's a good reason yeah. why you call it that. Oh, you know, I'm thinking maybe the next time you come out with us that we, or when the next time we go out, when anybody goes out with us, that we ought to use those really intense uh, face masks that don't allow scents to be, you know, I, to, they're particle based, right? So that's not the best thing for us to be breathing in weekend after weekend. Besides, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, if you're with me, yeah. I pretty much smelled so nice anyway that I counterbalance that. But uh, I can understand other times you'd need some kind of mask. Um, you do. I was wondering why there was a trail of monarch butterflies following us, and I realized they were after your sweet ass. That's what that's what it was. It happens. <laughs> um, so the, the other thing we've been doing a lot of in New York recently is trying to build relationships with other with other nonprofits and. Um, one thing I noticed is I was volunteering at something a few weeks back, and uh, there, there was a group, I think it was called New York Helping Hands, and, and they were literally just a core of volunteers that just, vo- that, that just kind of farmed out their volunteers to a whole bunch of different projects. Um, 
and we, you know, there, there are some of those that we, we thought were really kind of critical projects. Um, one that actually I'm doing a, a recorded interview with tomorrow, a lady who started a nonprofit to provide uh, books and clothing and and, um, and childcare um, to underprivileged or uh, you know very low income families around New York. So they help hundreds of families around New York, and and for the, at least the first three years of the child's life, give them literally everything they need to get through school. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, there, there are some amazing charities like that. There's another one who are involved in Amber Alerts, and they, they have kind of an emergency response unit with Amber Alerts when a child goes missing and the police alert goes out. Um, they have a core of volunteers who go out and fly out the local area where the child went missing to try to raise awareness. And, you know, because it's so time critical when, when a child disappears to get them back safely. So, you know, there's, there's a few of these uh, relationships that we're building up that are going to be uh, kind of uh, bearing fruit over the next few months as well. Uh, see, that's the, you know, why recreate the wheel, reinvent the wheel rather. I love how uh, groups can work together um, to get something done. You know, instead of, hey, let's start a whole other group to do the exact same thing someone else is doing already. So that, that makes me really happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, so the, the other thing we try to do is kind of promote general um, uh, motivational, in, inspirational kind of ideas. And, and, Rob, you had an awesome one today that uh, I wanted to just kind of touch on before we moved on around uh, th this whole trend that's going on with, with 22 push-ups over 22 days. And... You know, don't get me wrong, I, I love the idea of raising awareness of a problem that not too many people know about. Um, I would probably question whether not that many people know about PTSD, and I'd also question what practical value um, raising awareness of PTSD really gives to the people who are suffering, and, and whether, you know, whether you could invest the time that it would take you to do those 22 push-ups or, or not do them if you're not physically able. Um, and, and use that time more wisely in a, in a more effective way. But, you know, Rock, I, I love the idea. Maybe you want to just give a quick uh, explanation on it to, to everyone. What idea are you talking No, no, I I've always <laughs> wanted to do that, too. I thought, I thought I'm in a, in a real feisty mood because I'm so happy that we're back on the air. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, so I was thinking that um, because I've been tagged now three or four times um, to do the 22 push-ups. And um, we do push-ups, uh, how many days a week do we do? We do our DDPY yoga uh, here at home uh, at least four, four days a week whenever we can. And, uh, and then we alternate. And we alternate. We do push-ups all the time. So that's not it's, that's not the you know the motivating factor is oh god I can't do twenty I can do twenty two push-ups um, do twenty two katas in you know one day we'll say no I'm kidding uh, but I thought that's awesome and I love the fact that people really from their heart want to um, draw attention raise awareness raising awareness is really important. Um, with any issue that people don't seem to notice as much. And I bet before all this started, people didn't know that there were that many veterans committing suicide every day in America. Um, and now they do. So, so it serves that purpose. Beyond that, there are really only two things that are going to lower the incidence of, you know, of veteran suicide. And that's, raising more money to get them the health care that they need, because I've seen vets have a hard time at the VA when they're down there trying to get help 
you know, health care, uh, mental health care. And the other thing is to stop sending them into war. So realistically, that's, you know, those two things are a little far reaching for us unless we all gather together and, and try to make those changes. So closer to home, there are the push-ups. Well, my suggestion tonight is that if you're going to spend 10 minutes a day doing the 22 push-ups over the 22 days, that comes to roughly three and a half hours. Three and a half hours you can take and you can do what I did, which is contact my local Veterans Administration, especially the mental health uh, department, and volunteer your time with them, and they so need. I mean, they're sending me over an application because, you know, of course they have to do all these checks on you to make sure that you can um, volunteer over there. But they really, really needed the help. She was just repeating over and again, over again how much they needed. And to supplement that, um, we are, the initiative as a whole is going to take the time that we were going to do the push-ups um, with, and we're going to create veteran care packs. Now, um, he's going to call in uh, one of my favorite people in the world who's also a veteran, and who is also a real-life superhero by the name of Evocatus, uh, is going to call in in a little bit and explain more about the veteran care packs. But these care packs were created with um, veterans' mental health, for, for people with PTSD in mind. And like I said, I don't want to leave anything out, so I'll let him explain that. But I, in my heart, believe that the 22 push-ups thing is a, a very sweet, wonderful way to try to, to try to do something when we don't know what to do. But what we're offering tonight is something tangible that you can actually do instead of push-ups that those veterans may never see, may never hear of, may never affect them in any way. These veteran care packs and the volunteering um, at your local VA will absolutely, absolutely benefit um, a veteran who needs it. So um, once he calls in, we'll put him right through. Uh, but that's what, that's what I um, was thinking of. And like I said, I, I don't want to put down anybody's efforts to do the 20 push-ups. I think that's wonderful. But I'm saying on top of that, actually try to do something tangible like the things that I mentioned. So back to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, I, and, and I, I guess two things. I, I love the idea that people can say whatever they want, but, it, it, but it's actions that really count, that really define us. And, and to me, you know, that kind of, a, as you say, a tangible benefit, helping a real person, giving, giving a real person something in their hands that they're going to open and, 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 you know, maybe just think that the world gives a shit about them again is, is pretty, pretty damn powerful. And as you say, there's nothing wrong with, with saying positive things and, and raising awareness. That, that's all great, but uh, it's a very different level of kind of personal interaction when you're, uh, when you're really, uh, really helping someone directly. Um, so... Uh, Talking of, of kind of phoning in, uh, if, if anyone wants to come call in tonight, we're going to be talking about backstories of uh, ourselves, of other people in the real-life superhero community, and really what drives us to do the kind of activities that we've just been explaining, actually getting out on the streets and helping people. Um, we're not talking about being ninja Batman and taking down gangs of drug lords. Um, you know, we do that from time to time, but only kind of a couple of times a week. Um, 
So if uh, if you would like to call in with your own backstory, your own kind of reflections on what we're saying, feel free. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can call in on area code 347-326-9827. So that's 347-326-9827. And if you want to talk to us, just hit 1. Um, and you can also talk to us in the chat room as well. We've got some, uh, some cool people in the chat room as well. So uh, welcome everyone in the chat room. Uh, feel free to uh, throw any questions in there as well, and we'll answer them. Absolutely. And if you're going to call in, know this. We love you, but in order to, for the sake of brevity, we're going to ask that you keep your, if you're going to give us your, how you started, your origin story, as it were, we're going to ask that you keep it within a three-minute, you're going to condense it to about three minutes. And that way we can get more of you on and we can, uh, you know, if your story is really exciting, we'll bring you back and interview you for a whole <laughs> for a whole episode sometime. But but seriously, uh, we've had people that we absolutely adore who will go on for 15 minutes at a time, and then our show is over, leaving other people, you know, having never had the chance to come on. So we will ask you to keep your story brief, and and we'll go from there. Am, am I being a jerk, Spectre? A little. But I was yes. going to say as well, don't, don't be a colossus and go droning on, because we know what happens when colossus does that. And, uh yeah, it doesn't end well. That, that's our job. We're the ones who drone on. That's what we do. Right? Um, but who's going to stop Colossus? Yeah, but who's going to say, yeah, if you're Colossus, we'll we'll let you freaking drone yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Peter. <laughs> what? Oh, God, i got to watch that movie now. Thanks. I'm going to be up till 2 in the morning. It's all your fault, Well, we've, we've owned it since it came out, but certain people in our household can't really watch that. Yeah, certain, certain little, little. So we're waiting for him to go to bed. Now i got to watch it again. Thanks. You know, I, I actually watched Deadpool with my kids. I'm, I'm one of those people, even though Ryan, Ryan Reynolds asked us not to and told us how inappropriate it was. I watched it at the movies without the kids first. Then I uh, got hold of it locally, and I fast-forwarded it through a couple of scenes that were a little extreme, um, but the rest they just watched. <laughs> I just figured, screw it. <laughs> but uh, that's just me and my negligence. <laughs> Oh. Um, anyway, okay. so uh, I guess are we uh, have we got anyone waiting in the wings, or should we dive into our own backstories here? Well, you know, uh, it's up to you. We do have a couple of people waiting in the wings, um, and or should we? Uh, I don't know. Uh, do you want to dive in to keep them from waiting? We can take them and we'll then get him on. He's been waiting. And then and then yeah, uh, yeah we'll take one. On. We'll, the more we'll the take merrier. one on. Right. We'll take one on. Go into your story. Take one on. Go into mine. There you go. Oh, I like it. Tag team. All right. There you go. All right. So we're bringing in, uh, uh, I think I know who this person is. Welcome. Welcome. You're live on the air. Hello. Hello. Hello there. I know who this is. Uh, And this would be Mr. Frost. Do you you know who it is? I do. Mr. Frost, am I I right? Am I right? Do I have it? Damn it. Hey, welcome back, man. How's it going? It's going it's awesome, really thanks. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Just getting back into the swing of things around here. For those who don't know, uh, Robert Frost is a member of a real-life superhero group called the Paradox Four, and he thinks he can fool me, but I know that voice. So, there you go. <laughs> 
Um, and by the way, before we dive into your your uh, your, your backstory, Robert, for us, just in the chat rooms, we've got uh, Simon Petrikov in there who's just asking a question about um, PTSD and veterans programs. But um, if you don't mind, sir, I'd like to uh, to just hold that one until we have our uh, you know our veterans program expert on later on, and we'll uh, we'll get the answer from the horse's mouth, as we say. Oh yeah. So okay. sorry, yeah. I just wanted to uh, to address that before we moved on. But uh, but yeah, welcome, Robert Frost. Thanks for having me. What's what's going on with you guys? So we were just about to dig into some backstories, basically who we are, where we you know where we come from, um, and why we got into this crazy real life superhero gig. So uh, are you interested in in sharing that that kind of a story yourself? You, you got a box of tissues handy? <laughs> It's gonna be very depressing very fast. Oh man, I'm 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 a okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Stop playing yeah. yet, bud. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, seriously though, we're we're ready. Uh basically about six years ago, long story short. I was not heading into the right path in life, and this dude uh, intervened in a situation I shouldn't have been in. thought he was a cop. Turns out he tells me he's what's called a real-life superhero. I'm about 16 at the time, freaking out, thinking, I'm going to jail. There's a weird motherfucker in a, in a Halloween costume that's telling me that uh, I'm going to jail, and I'm freaking out. Long story short, go with this guy. He tells me about... Oh, he does these uh, outreaches and does citizen crime prevention. And uh, I go with him, and things are going good. And uh, the girl he was dating at the time uh, broke up with him, and she came on to me, and we started dating. Long story short, kind of why I do needle pickups like you guys is because she was a heroin user. And if anybody Uh. knows, knows druggies, they don't stop. So that relationship was bad for about a year. Uh, the entire group that we started here was nothing but internalized drama and people attacking each other until the point where uh, she eventually passed away of an OD because she was a user while we were dating. Then uh, he, after the group decided to split apart, uh, got himself into multiple situations he shouldn't have handled, and he had his own life taken, so they were gone. Uh, then I met up with Paradox, and things have been sort of on the go and pretty good as of late. Holy moly, that is a... Wow! <laughs> as you say, you, you cut really... a long story short there, but that's a pretty, um, that's a pretty impressive story. I gave the Cliff Notes version. No kidding. That's a... Uh, yeah, uh, that's quite an origin story that's some uh i mean you know and i know it's it's like we're not going to make light of it or anything but i the, the way that you rolled through it it's like so matter of factly that uh and i know there's a lot of hurt and pain behind that but uh um it's just the way you rolled through it first of all we appreciate your brevity but you know um man that's i'm kind of that's, the way i see it is the lessons uh-huh. we have in life they tell us a story of where we should go, not where we want to be, and where we want to be is in the past. I look more towards the future and look back at it and say, hey, shit happened. Oh, see, I envy that. I really do. That's a good way of it. It's almost Buddhist in the way that you just, you know, you can let it go and just be like, okay, I, you know, it happened, and, and but this is what I'm doing with it. And we have a friend, Miss Fit, who we've talked about so often, 
and she knows how to channel. She told me once that, you know, I said, I never see you angry. She says, oh, I take, I get angry, but I take it and I channel it. And she channels it in the gym and with her outreach work. And you obviously know where and how to channel yours, you know, so yeah. kudos to you, sir. Breaking stuff in the gym, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. interesting I, how, how many people you talk to in the real-life superhero community who you know, are not necessarily goody two-shoes who've come from the other side, you know, they've, they've seen the other side of that coin um, and have decided to turn their lives around for whatever reason. And, you know, it, it, I find that kind of interesting because, you know, it means that you're, you're working with people who, you know, I guess for one, they, they have some street smarts, you know, they, they've been out there and they've done it and they kind of know how the system works. Um, and, and also, they, you know, they're just a bit more... Um, sympathetic i think to people who who are on the wrong side of the law for whatever reason and and you know i i'm always a little skeptical of those people who are desperately uh you know calling the cops on a, a guy selling a bag of weed on a corner like you know sure he's probably not doing the neighborhood any benefits but he's also not the root of all evil either and, and you know beating this guy up isn't going to solve anyone's life exactly that's why you need to put on a ninja costume hide in the bushes jump out and say i'm a superhero yeah in, in the batman voice right <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's very. If you call it that way, I might not recognize your voice. That's pretty. By the way, you you mentioned the gym, and I want to tell you tell you thank you on air for starting the Fortress Fitness Group um, because yeah, I like watching the looking at the posts and going, oh, okay, I'm gonna try Getting that next fit time involved there. in that. I've been trying to reach out to her, and she she's been dodging my messages. I want to try to have her like spearhead oh, the entire thing so that we get it bigger. Oh heck yeah. I'll, I'll put a bug in her ear. Oh, God. Wah, wah, wah. That was terrible. God. Just trying to defuse the tension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll get her involved. So uh, thank you. Thank you for starting that. But and you, uh, you know welcome. what's always, um, you know, the thing that always succeeds in luring Misfit out, if she, you know, because I know she's crazy busy with her uh, movie at the moment, but um, if, if you want to get Misfit on the hook, the one thing you need to do is promise that you'll join the Warrior Dash team in L.A. in April. <gasps> And uh, she won't be right. able to resist that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. She never does. If you say you're part, you're going to be part of the next Warrior Dash. She she completely mentors you from there on. You know. So yeah. She's like a cat mm. with catnip. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So yeah. And the Warrior Dash. We can talk Excellent. about that later too. Um. Thank you for sharing that. We. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've we've talked back and forth for years online, and I never I never knew that. We never. Did you have any idea, Buck? about that that's that's an intense origin story i did not well yeah it's been out there i mean i put it out on youtube format years ago but i've sent it out to a few various people yeah you know um you you stay on the line with us and 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 chime in when you want but i've got somebody uh i've got evocatus coming on in a minute because he's got to tell us about those veteran care packs before we get so far away from the subject that we forget about it but he's got to hit one to let us know he's ready to talk. Oh, okay. That, that holds for anyone who wants to talk on air. you got to hit the number one to let us know you want to Yeah, if you're on hold chat. right now and you're ready to chat with us, hit hit the number one, and there you go. Oh, Here. it can be taught. Yay! Yeah? Yeah, we're going to bring him on real quick. I, I know... I know you're busy as heck, and I know you've got. I hear your beautiful baby with you, uh, Evo. But uh, we're, we're we're so happy to have you on right now. Hi there, everybody. So, hey, hello, my dear. 
so we, we, it's, oh man, sunny and gorgeous and the weather so is much, perfect. So much better than Nebraska. Dude, when we drove yeah. through, we were going, we're dying everywhere else. It was either super hot or super stormy and, and Cali's cool, but still love America. Um, yeah, we mentioned earlier the vet care packs. Uh, in response to the 22 push-ups. And like I said, I, yeah, I think that everybody's heart's in the right place wanting to do the push-ups. But I think that uh, following the heart into some action is, is the best way to really express care and concern for anybody that we, that we claim to care about. So um, we were talking about doing veteran care packs uh, to help out people instead of doing the 22 push-ups. Can you explain more about the vet care packs? since you are also a vet? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is something that uh, Temper has uh, started uh, quite some time ago. It actually came in response to, um, well, one of our national holidays, the 4th of July. Um, as a combat veteran myself, I am actually diagnosed with PTSD and have struggled with everything from depression to suicidal thoughts, uh, usually on the heels of that holiday because it's so full of triggers, you know, fireworks, explosions, things like that. Um, and in my own, you know, personal growth in that, I've, I've reached out to quite a few people at the VA, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of other people struggling with the same issues. So, uh, you know, without a hitch, temper, want to know, okay, well, how can I help people? What can we do? Um, you know, uh, she's she's not one to sit around and you know, like a Facebook post or two and brush her hands with the satisfaction of a job well done. She wants to know how she can actually make a live impact, and that's something I've always respected about a lot of folks there in the initiative. Is you know, uh, not a not a room full of clicktivists, not a room full of you know people who <laughs> hit like or share a important post and you know call it call it good. Uh, she did a lot of research. Um, she reached out to people at uh, like Seattle Veterans Center, people at the VA, people with Veterans Stand Down, um, a lot of local groups, the VFWs. Um, and ask, okay, what can we do? You know, how can we actually help? Um, in talking with a, a couple actual people, the VA and uh, people who specialize in therapy and care for veterans who uh, struggle with, uh, you know, triggers or PTSD or you know, whatever the case may be, um, she put together basically a, uh, a a useful pack for people that uh, that struggle. Things like uh, having little notebooks or little journals. Um, we uh, solicit people that uh, to um, write little encouraging notes, like, you know, everything from, you know, hey, chin up to, you know, you know, please be careful and here's how you reach out. Uh, we have resources with a uh, veterans crisis line. Um, she even puts stuff like earplugs in there, which obviously will help with the uh, trigger-related things, uh, even like little simple Jolly Rancher candies, which, it's less of a treat and more just, okay, one more thing for the senses to actually focus on, which when you're going through an anxiety or panic attack, as, as some people may know, um, just about everything can be completely overwhelming. And everything in these packs that Tempers created helps to zero in and focus that kind of energy into one place. And uh, it's been wonderful. Um, since she put a couple together, I mean, I... I was impressed. I mean, I, I found, like, you know, having little note cards and things to focus on. Or she even created, like, little Spotify playlists of, hey, kind of, like, chill, relaxing music. So basically everything possible for the senses. 
she reached out to some of these uh, veteran-based organizations in Seattle after that, saying, hey, this is what we got. And she was swarmed with support, swarmed with requests for this stuff. Uh, a lot of people who actually work in the government saying, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this. We'll take absolutely everything you have. How many can you spare? Um, and it was wonderful. Um, she funded quite a bit herself. She asked for some people to uh, donate online, not with money, but with, hey, if anyone could you know, send us supplies for this stuff or anyone can send us materials, we'll make sure all this gets to the right people. And, you know, she made over well over 100 of these packs, probably had requests for multiple thousands at the end of the day. Wow. So... Yeah, it was a really, really wonderful thing that, uh, in fact, was so successful. Uh, she's going to continue it year in, year out, especially around uh, holidays that tend to be a little triggery for veterans, say, like, again, Fourth of July or, um, say, like, New Year's. That's another one where there's quite a few explosions and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, we're going to keep that going, and she's been just a firecracker in seeing, you know, how to how to help people locally. That is fantastic, and what we're going to do is we're going to post uh, the links to uh, the site, and and like I said, everybody who's been challenged, and I know um, a lot of people who are listening are real-life superheroes, and uh, a lot of them have been tagged in different, I know, like I said, I've, I've seen four different people tagging today, um, and tagging huge groups. You get tagged, that's cool, but really, if you if you really, really want to do something for these vets, for people like Evo, who have to deal with, um, you know, anxiety and 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 the stress of having having served time. For us, I, I really encourage you to do something like like uh, check out how you can help out these veteran care packs. We want to in the initiative. We want to go ahead and do 22 packs. If we can afford to, it'd be great if each team could do 22 packs each for 22 veterans that they uh you know that they see on the street or people that they know. So, like I said, it's actually it's it's caring and love in action, and and really your actions speak louder than anything else. So, thank you yeah. so much, Evo. I appreciate you coming on here and letting us know exactly what we can do that's tangible to help. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it, it's all temper. She's 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 had it all, and uh, yeah, she's she's a wonderful ally to have in that field. Cool. And, and if oh, anyone's and listening in or in the chat room and they're hearing this and thinking, I'd love to be a part of this, you can be so easily. So, you know, if you want to contribute to what Temper's doing that Evo was just explaining, then we can facilitate that. If you want to start up your own uh, little factory, and, and you know, we, we all do this within the initiative for the homeless community. We just have little factories where we collect clothing and protein bars and, you know, toothpaste and soap and stuff for the for the homeless community, we could do exactly the same for the veteran community as well and start producing our own uh, our own care packs. Um, and, you know, it, and it's so important not not just to help people in a in a physical way, but also emotionally to show to show people who have uh, literally put their lives on the line that, that we give a shit now that they've come back. Um, so right. anything that you want to be involved in, just get in contact with us through through the initiative sites through Heroes 101. We'll we'll respond to any to anything that you send us, and, and we'd appreciate any help that you can give. Beautifully exactly. said. And be, before Evo gets off of the air, Evo, we are sharing origin stories. You know, it occurred to me that that half of the people I know I don't know their origin story and and what started them. Are, do you want to share your? Because we're we're just you know keeping it brief and summing it up, but. <laughs> do we know your origin story, or do you have time? I know, I know you've got your hands full, like I said, but 
Uh, well, I you can probably hear your namesake in the background there. Um, I will. Uh, I will do my best to keep it a very short and quick and dirty version. Um, it all <laughs> we like started. That. Uh, yeah, that's what she um, said. Giggity. Oh, I love you, Buck. Um, so I. Uh, mine. Mine was uh, very simply. I was. Uh, uh, hanging out with a buddy of mine in uh, Seattle, and we saw a a public facing uh, Facebook event. Hi, you know if you hear uh, baby May here saying hi to the phone. Um, My love. Hi. Anyways, um, so yeah, we saw this uh, public facing Facebook event about hey, come meet Seattle's real superheroes, and I'd never heard of anything about. The RLSH, never heard anything about any local fruitcakes or anything like that. And I literally said, hey, want to go check out a bunch of nerds? <laughs> <laughs> so we went to this place, uh, you know, about an hour drive up north. And uh, some some lunatic named Phoenix Jones uh, was having a quote-unquote superhero birthday, uh, celebrating how many years he's been doing uh, patrols and such like that. And actually got to talk to a couple of uh, people on their team. And they were absolutely nothing like I imagined. I, I envisioned, I guess, what you know, we a little bit uh, more senior community would call the ninja lanties, you know, people wearing black and hiding in bushes and carrying machetes. And, I mean, we've, we've seen them all, right? We know the exact demographic we, we expect to see when we hear something like superheroes and stuff like that. And uh, the people I spoke with, um, uh, I don't know if anyone out there might recognize the name, uh, Captain Karma, Probably one of the, the smartest, most genuine people I'd met at the time. Uh, he showed me he was absolutely like anyone else. Dude was mid-30s, married, had kids, mortgage, uh, worked a nine-to-five job, uh, enjoyed participating in his community, had no no illusions about having actual superpowers or, or anything Yay. like that. And, uh, yeah, um, left a, an incredible impression. And uh, sure enough, he had uh, also been prior military, uh, it turns out, and uh, he actually asked, well, hey, you're you're a big dude. What would you think about ever you know, maybe volunteering for an event or being part of a block watch sort of thing? I'm like, uh, uh, what the heck? Long story short, <laughs> um, yeah, within, within a month, I'd gone through a series of tryouts and then uh, several uh, trial runs and stuff like that, ended up in a leadership position on the team, with Phoenix Jones and ended up actually being the guy who ran his team for upwards of about two years, incorporated a bunch of stuff I had missed about the military. Um, I'm a military veteran, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, I'd been in the Army for 10 years, did a lot of uh, stuff in aviation, logistical mission planning, things like that, uh, and I gave it up once I had my my uh, daughter, who's now almost nine. I simply just wanted to be a present parent, which... In my particular MOS, it was very high demand for people like that uh, overseas. So I knew that if I continued to stay in the military, I would have been deployed overseas probably a couple times. And, you know, it's a hard thing coming home. Like when you go to war, you leave a baby at home, you come home and you get a two-year-old who has no idea who you are. I absolutely didn't want to be that person. So... I, I left it, and I have no regrets, and being a parent and a father is, you know, the best thing in the world. I love it every day, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss a lot of things about the military, and I tell you what, the RLSH community had a lot of the things I truly missed about the military. 
running a squad, have small team tactics, actually getting out there, boots on the ground, as it were, but without things like, you know, ever having to deploy overseas or you're responsible for when you know, somebody else lives or dies, you know, obviously nobody carries lethal weapons or anything like that. And it's, it had a lot of the stuff I actually truly missed and it filled, you know, selfishly a very large hole that, uh, I kind of left behind and, uh, this gave me a chance to actually exercise a lot of the strengths I already had and, uh, did very well with. So that's kind of the, I won't get into, uh, how things have, have uh, changed and evolved since then, but that's basically my, my origin story. No, that's a very wow, cool thing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I never knew that. See, again, oh, yeah. so many people, do, yeah, that, you know, never knew all that. Hmm. Well, I'm oh, really glad you did. It's interesting that you mentioned at the end as well that the kind of the benefits that you get from doing this kind of volunteer work and outreach type work. And, you know, a lot of people in the RLSH community are almost embarrassed that, you know, that they feel good doing this, that there are some benefits to them. And they, and they, they make friends. They meet pretty amazing people and uh and, and you know and as you say it's, it's almost a selfish feeling of you know i had a great night tonight you know helping homeless people or doing a free oh, self-defense class or whatever it was but hey it's uh it, i guess it's a benefit both ways really oh absolutely yeah uh, you know i think everyone loves to say you know this is completely for altruistic reasons and i just want to help my fellow man but uh there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what, I actually, I get a lot of, out of this, or, you know, this has really helped me as a person, or this has helped me move on, or this gives me a focus that is otherwise missing in day-to-day life. If, you know, I don't know if it, most everyone, I think, has seen The Incredibles, right, the, uh, the old Pixar yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah. pictures and favorite scenes ever is Mr. Incredible working in the insurance office, this giant hulking guy sitting over this tiny little computer, and you just... Talk about a fish out of water, and I think a lot of people in the RLSH community, their origin stories often start with something akin to that in their own way, that they're doing something that you know maybe it's good and takes care of family, but it's just you can tell a little something's missing or you know that they're capable of a little bit more. This has been that outlet, and I'm not afraid to say that, you know, for for all the good I've done and, you know, I could I could – I could rattle off for half hour all the different, uh, you know, things I've done for the community and stuff like that. But honestly, I'm proud of the self-development this has. I'm, 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 I, I love what I've gotten out of it as well. And I like to think at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everybody. Amen. That's a, uh, yeah. I think he just summed up how I feel, you know, with the whole thing. So that's, hey, by, by the thank way, you. I've got to ask you one question that came from uh, a, a guy in our chat room called Simon Petrikov, who was asking, and we, we've kind of had some answers thrown around in the chat room already, but are you aware of any, any programs which pair veterans up with pets rescued from, from various, you know, pounds or animal shelters that, uh, you know, again, I guess kind of saving animals, but also, you know, giving uh, veterans a focus in the terms of a new pet? You know, what a wonderful question. Um, there's not a lot of official, I'll say, like, government-sponsored programs or things like that if you're not, you know, for just veterans... <laughs> Veterans as veterans, period. Not really. Um, if you are a veteran with uh, a certain kind of disability, um, or say if you've experienced like a traumatic brain injury, TBI, or uh, or if you have uh, certain kinds of uh, disorders or something like that, uh, there are certainly service animals. But uh, to pair up, say like 
you know, animals with a shelter with a veteran or something like that. So I think it's a beautiful idea, and boy, I wish there was more like that. I think it'd be hard for us to find something that is at least, say, government sponsor for something like that. That's not to say that there's nothing in the private sector that doesn't help or support things like that, but uh, if there is, unfortunately, I don't know about it, but I would love to see something like that uh, out there for people. Yeah, so apparently there is something called Pets for Vets that uh, I think, Bug, you found a and, and post it oh. in the chat room. So uh, it looks like, you know, I guess some, you know, the, I suppose it's the days of the Internet, right? Everyone's had <laughs> every idea before, and hopefully somebody's acted on it. So uh, we'll, we'll do some research into that, and if it's uh, if we find any more that are helpful, then we'll, we'll start posting the links up. That would be wonderful. Yeah. And, Eva, before, I don't know if you've got to take off, but before you leave, Rock pointed something out to me, and I have a question that maybe only you can answer, which is unrelated. If I needed a toe, sure. if I needed a toe, can you get me a toe? Oh my God, are you serious with this right now? I told him how much <laughs> your voice sounds like John Goodman. Now I urge anybody who oh is listening God. to Evo talk right now. He looks nothing like John Goodman. This is a no, good-looking, no. big, giant, tall guy. Uh, not like John Goodman's not. He's he's adorable too. I love him. But uh, Evo's voice, from the moment I met him, I'm like, if I turn my back on this guy, I swear to God, I'm going to hear John Goodman every single time. And so I pointed oh, that out to, to Bug. As we were as we were listening to you, I said, John Goodman! And <laughs> he just he couldn't get over it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Becky, you got to go back and re-listen to this and see if I'm lying. See if I'm lying! <laughs> oh, I love you, nerds. And to answer your question, I, I, I give you a tell in a heartbeat. <laughs> they, they, no they questions asked. They, they, yeah, I told you. I told you. If I ever need a, if we ever need a John Goodman um, little soundbite at the beginning, we're going to get it from you, buddy. <laughs> we're going to call you. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to have to rehearse some John Goodman lines or something. Oh, Am I the only one about... here that wants to give a toe? I don't know. I'll there you go. That was some. Creative cultures going. Shut up, Donnie. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we know you've got we know you've got some sickies to take care of. But I want to tell you that uh, even with the, the the you know sick household and taking care of the kids right now, that I so we so appreciate you calling in and giving us that information and that firsthand you know just firsthand thoughts on on the whole uh, veteran care packs thing and uh, and also your origin story. Cause like I said, dang, that was news to me. Right on. Well, I will, uh, I will have right. a temper uh, shoot up a couple of the links yourself as far as, you know, uh, how the veteran care packs work and stuff like that. And uh, I tuned in sadly a little bit late to the show with a bunch of kids running around here, but uh, I'm kind of curious about what the 22 pushups thing is all about. So I will, I'll take a look at that too. Yeah, awesome. yeah, Thank definitely. You. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Kisses, baby May. Right. Love you. <laughs> Love you guys. Take right. care. See ya. Love you. Bye. Awesome. Wow, Yay. very cool. 
Yeah, so, you know, I've got to share as well. I was at a, a Comic-Con, uh, man, last weekend. It feels like it was weeks ago already. And um, there was a show there by Kevin Smith. And honestly, I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. I didn't even really like his movies. And I'm, I can almost feel lightning bolts striking me now from people <laughs> listening in saying, Dogma was fucking awesome, dude. Um, but <laughs> I must admit, I, I didn't even like Dogma, which to me was probably the best of the bunch. So, you know. I'm there, and and he did this this thing called uh, he did a show called Kevin Smith won't shut the fuck up, and it literally was Kevin Smith. He was supposed to be on stage for two hours. He talked for like three and a half before they finally just like started to turn the lights down, and everyone needed the bathroom and couldn't hang around any longer. But he he was incredibly inspiring. But one of the things that happened during the night was. Um, he, he basically asked the crowd, uh, the audience, just to come up and, and ask him things. And, and it was very much just an ad lib back and forth. And, and this guy stands up in the crowd and he says, um, I'm, a, I'm a veteran from the Iraq war. Um, and, and, and very much like Evo was saying, I've had um, you know, depression. I've, I've suffered from severe emotional anxiety through the years, you know, through, through what I was exposed to serving my country. And... Um, so he tells this story about how he was part of a veterans group who who would meet every every week at a church and and uh, there was a doctor who was there to come and essentially try to uh, to help them out um but this doctor all he wanted to do was fill them with pills um and he had really no interest in in kind of developing them and giving them any kind of psychotherapy that would actually help them through this um so in the end the group essentially fired the doctor just told him to get lost and uh one day this guy brought in, I think, Clerks, one of the Kevin Smith movies, and, and they all start watching it. Instead of having their whole round the circle, they just decide to watch a movie. They're not making any progress anyway, so screw it. Let's just watch a dumb movie and have fun. And they all loved this movie so much that it became a weekly movie night for them rather than this whole uh, this whole veterans community. Um, so there are like 20 of them, and, and many of them have, have you know felt suicidal and really been at the bottom of the barrel. Um, and he said that, that by essentially kind of becoming movie critics on a weekly basis, just watching a dumb movie, uh, always comedies, trying to you know kind of raise their spirits, and then also focusing on what would you have done differently, and 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 various kind of aspects of you know how they would critique the movie and how they would do it better themselves, um, they uh, they you know they really transformed their lives, and and they came out of it feeling like much better people, and and they started this whole group where they would invite other veterans along, and it spiraled into this this whole big local kind of regional community. Um, and this this guy just said to Kevin Smith, um, you know, I've been waiting three years since we started that group to thank you, and I've got this you know this list of people who also wanted to thank you, and and Kevin Smith literally just broke down in tears and said I had no you know no idea when I was making these dumb movies that were just you know for my own benefit that it would really help anyone, and and Kevin Smith came down out of the crowd and hugged this guy, and then they exchanged phone numbers, and and it, it made me think you know I think as Evo was saying. Sometimes, especially when you're in the midst of anxiety or depression, A, that somebody gives a shit, B, having something else to focus on and, and kind of take your attention away from the, you know, the drama that's building up in your own head. Um, and, and, you know, what, what a powerful thing that is. So, uh, you know, to me, partly it was just, hey, Kevin Smith's a pretty cool guy. But, but also, you know, maybe, there are, maybe there's some sense in this whole veteran pack thing. You know, you just restore some of Because I used to be a big Kevin Smith fan. Loved him. I mean, I was going to include him in my little um, 
little superhero books for kids. I have a little character who's supposed to be this mini Kevin Smith. I used to love him. And then I just got caught. I've been listening to him for years and years, and then I got tired of him. I'm like, dude, I'm really tired of hearing about your dick, okay? It's like, I can bless you. I can only hear so much about, you know. And, and then, you know, I keep hearing good things about it. It's as if the universe is going, oh, man, don't give up. Kevin Smith's a good guy. And your story just now just, just you know, sealed it because, yeah, good guy. If 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 he you know if he was moved that much and and really I don't think he's full of crap to where he's gonna fake you know, put out some crocodile tears in in front of an audience. I I think that he's actually a good-hearted person. So that thank you for sharing that because I I needed to hear that about Kevin Smith again. Yeah, yeah. And Geekpile in the chat room says that's one of his best heroic efforts in my opinion. Otherwise, it's all anal sex jokes and weed. And yeah, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh yeah, they were also asking if he uh in the chat room did he did he mention the Wayne Foundation? Yeah, he did actually. So, uh, um you know t- two things, the Wayne Foundation and if if you're not aware of it, just google it. <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty cool idea that he had. Um <laughs> he, the other thing that I really liked is he 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 does a lot of work now around um animal shelters and he actually adopted a dog that was going to be put down recently and that was just skin and bones and they thought it was never going to survive <laughs> and this thing's now f- you know, fed up to be full size, but all of its hair's fallen out, and it's this, this crazy-looking creature. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, I mean the guy's what 46 years old, I think now, and uh, kind of makes me think uh, maybe maybe some of the uh, anal sex jokes and weed start to mellow out a little bit with with age. <laughs> I I kind of hope so because you can't be like 70 and still tell us what you could be. I guess you know. I mean, maybe. like. George Burns was spicy until up until the end, and you know, so <clears throat> too funny. Um, so your origin story, sir? Uh, Me? Because we, we, yeah, we kind of sidestepped uh, yours, and and we're not going to take any more callers uh, until until we hear yours. Holy crap! I so think mine's kind of boring, and in fact, you know, Tree Song actually shared <laughs> a very brief. Um, <laughs> Overview of his in the chat room, and he said uh, the short version involves a combination of being bullied as a kid, being a fan of heroes and superheroes, and becoming aware at an early age of uh, real injustices in the world. And you know, mine was also pretty much just that. But uh, I suppose to put some more context around mine, I had a pretty boring upbringing. You know, I, and I say boring. I mean, my parents did a good job, but there was nothing remarkable. You know, I wasn't raised in a crack den and you know, or, or in a, a mansion. Um, when I was a kid, my my dad, my, both of my parents were actually uh, in the police when I was born. Um, but the police had a policy back then in the UK where husbands and wives weren't allowed to serve together on the same police force. So they were going to physically separate them to different regions. And my parents said, screw that, we quit. Um, so my dad just worked in the news agents, um, and and through the news agents, I used to in my summers. Like I was a pretty sick kid as well. I, I I told this whole long, boring, depressing story on my first ever Heroes 101, probably getting on for three years ago now, um, before I actually was was a host with you. Um, so I told that whole saga of me ah. being sick and then not sick back then. Um, but yeah, when I was a kid, my dad ran this news agent. So in the summer. I used to literally just take a blanket into his store, just sit in this back room just on the floor under this blanket and just read, just devour comics. I just have, you know, a whole pile of X-Men. And, and uh, I was crazy about the X-Men comics, Transformers, G.I. Joe, you know, whatever was uh, in the early 80s was the in vogue. Um, 
so yeah, I was a comic book geek, but I was nothing of a uh, any kind of sports sporty kid at all. Like I, I, I couldn't run, and you know, and it makes me laugh these days. People say to me, "Oh, it's easy for you. You know, you can do the Warrior Dash so easy because you're a runner." And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> entire <laughs> wow." I, like the last two years, I, I put some sneakers on and decided to hit the track. But before that, I did nothing of any, of any note. Um, so yeah, so so when I was a kid, as, as I say, my dad was a, worked in a newsagent. My mother um, put pills in bottles in a pharmacy. You know, they weren't bad jobs. They weren't you know millionaires either. So I had a very average upbringing. Um, and then my dad, when I was, I guess, nine, had a business that he started that did really well. And, and, you know, we suddenly had money. So he had this whole plan to send my sister and I to boarding school. So I'm nine years old, head off to boarding school. And, and it's it's a very different scene. It's very kind of elitist and, um, you know, very much more kind of classist within this boarding school. And then at 12 years old, I get shipped away to another boarding school, which is way far away from home. So, you know, then I'm only seeing my parents and my sister kind of during holidays, um, during kind of the summer break and the winter break. You know, other than that, I'm in this this huge institution. And, 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 it, and you know, for a sick kid, I was like really small for my age as well. Um, at, at that time, when I was kind of 12, I was like four foot six or something. And there are other kids who are six foot tall. And um, and it was terrifying, like literally terrifying. And and I remember reading books back then about uh, you know how you act if you're in prison. And I, obviously I had no exposure to prison, but you know the the whole thing of not making eye contact with people, you know, not trying to get into conversations and just keeping yourself to yourself. And and I lived by that mantra. I would just hide away as much as I could. Um, but still, I, I got pretty pretty horribly bullied to the point where. Um, one night, some kids thought it would be funny to hold me down and pour a kettle of boiling water on my leg, um, which did, you know, some pretty some pretty major damage. Um, what the hell? Yeah. Wow. It, it was actually in the middle of a, a hurricane as well that day, and the uh, the ambulances couldn't get to the school to come and pick me up, so my teacher oh my actually God. carried me on his back to the hospital, which, you know, so maybe not that dull a story, I guess. Um, oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, so, yeah, I was on crutches yeah, for a long time. But, I mean, I guess, again, to cut a long story short, when I came out of that, that the sort of healing from that physical injury, I um, it suddenly dawned on me. And, and, you know, kids exaggerate everything in their own heads. Everything's so much worse than it really is. But in my head, it dawned on me, those kids could have killed me that night. You know, there's, there's nothing that would have stopped them doing it. And in my head, they were capable of doing it. And it suddenly dawned on me, you need to learn some form of self-defense in, in order to get through this alive. It's not like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to learn karate or kung fu? It was, if you don't learn some form of self-defense, you're going to die in here. Like, you know, it's, it's a death sentence. And it was it was that serious. As I guess I was like 14 years old at that time. Um, so I, I picked up, at the, then I was learning karate and jiu-jitsu and, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and got crazy into martial arts at age 14. And then my dad's business fell apart, and I ended up being shipped to the other side of the country and being put in a very, very kind of low-income area where there were huge social problems in the school. And again, it came back to the need for, for self-defense, to, to, you know, to basically stick up for myself, because I was still a tiny kid, a, a real runt of a kid, in a school with much bigger, stronger kids who you know, liked to bully people. Um, so that you know that, that that's kind of where I was coming from, but I guess 
you know, I, I obviously I changed. I'm not four foot six anymore. I, you know, people who know me uh, kind of see me as a bit more athletic, and I've you know I've got into a few more things since then. But I guess to me that that sort of reinforced a few things. Firstly, it's uh, the fact that that you need to be able to defend yourself, and and one of the the things that I, I loved when I um, when I first saw the HBO superheroes documentary, actually, and and I loved the idea that as well as the homeless thing and the, and the safety patrols thing, there were groups who were actually teaching free self defense classes to to at risk communities, and and that to me was was a huge benefit to the community to be able to take people who are who are targets and who are naturally victims and turn them into people who are who are confident who are, who are not willing to be victims and you know that that's that's incredibly important um so you know when when i i moved over here to the us I, as i say i'd seen this hbo superheroes documentary and and a very similar one they made in the uk which was a lot less uh, appealing <laughs> but uh, i had seen people like dark guardian i've been very impressed with the way he came across i'd actually seen the new york initiative and been quite unimpressed with the way they were portrayed and i and i know they felt the same way i'm not not bad mouthing the guys um but they they were portrayed you know much more as being vigilantes and it kind of focused on the masks and the whole you know the whole ninjalante deal um so you know i come over and and i immediately i i i saw the homeless problem in new york and i'd, I'd sent uh dark guardian a a message on facebook that evening and said hey man you know i really want to find a way to help you know is there anything i can do and he immediately sends me a text message saying, uh, I'm just going out in an hour. Do you want to join me? And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't really mean do. You know, I kind of thought maybe I could send 10 bucks or something, not not get out there and do it. Um, but I, I went out. And, you know, most of my life story is something like that presents itself. And I say, screw it. Hey, why not? And I do it. And uh, And that's pretty much, you know, why I'm now in New York. I'm not living in the U.K. anymore. Why I'm... I've got a pretty successful career, and, and why I, I head up the New York Initiative now is just saying, hey, screw it, let's just give it a chance and see what happens. Um, so, you know, I worked with Dark Guardian. I did a lot of um, security patrols, kind of safety patrols, um, focusing on trying to reduce some of the, uh, the more aggressive drug crime or prostitution in New York, um, and then did a lot of work with the New York Initiative when uh, Zero and the guys were, were together in, in the group. Um, we did a lot of work then around um, kind of missing persons or uh, local rapes or sexual assaults, um, and, and, you know, eventually just ended up uh, picking this thing up. And, you know, there's a story behind me now being in the New York Initiative again, but it's, again, a very boring one that <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't waste your time on. So that, that, in a nutshell, is is me, I guess. Um, I'm still reeling over over how how uh, that that part. I'm seeing it in the movie, uh, the teacher carrying your bat on you on his back to the hospital. Because yeah, they could have killed you, dude. That's that's some serious stuff. Um, yeah, and you know, there, there were. I think you know, people kind of. There's definitely an elitism around the private school system, particularly in the UK, where it's very much old world and. You know, there's there's definitely a huge snobbery around that, um, but there's also uh, there's there's definitely an aspect that some of these schools take a ton of money from the parents to let the kids in there, 
um, and then really just treat the kids like shit. And, and you know, there's, there's this whole um, elitism within the school, you know, even once you get into it, that certain kids with money are kind of the cream of the crop, and, and they, they get made prefects, and then there are other kids who are just dogs' bodies who are pretty much forced to do really, really degrading things by the kids who are in power. And, and, and the, the, uh, the teachers and the kind of housemasters that are there turn a complete blind eye to it and, and just a whole load of just horrifying stuff goes on which I think again if you were to hear about stuff like that happening in prison you'd think man someone needs to stop this it's inhumane even for prisoners but for kids whose parents are paying thousands of dollars for them to have this education it, it's just completely insane so needless to say my kids no are not kidding. in private school <laughs> yeah no kidding exactly at least there's some semblance of um, transparency when you're in public school. They, you have to see, you know, what's going on with your kids, and and you're you're very much invited to come and see what's going on with your kids. So that's encouraging. Um, and you know, Teresa in the chat room saying, yeah. oh, sorry, you were gonna, <laughs> but he's uh, oh, no, go saying ahead. a painful bullying story. I empathize. Some of my top memories of bullying were getting de-pantsed in gym class, man, I remember that as well, uh, getting put in a oh. locker and having rocks thrown at me, and that his first superhero moment was arguably standing up to the bullies who were bullying him and his brother. And I completely sympathize. I feel the same way that uh, when, when I finally, I remember exactly the same thing. It was my sister's birthday. There was some kid dicking around with her coat that she'd just got as a birthday present. And like a coat was a big deal to us at the time. It cost money that my parents didn't necessarily have. And, yeah, some kids messing around with their coat and, like, putting rocks in it and some crap. <clears throat> and I just remember losing my shit, running over and just punching this kid in probably a really Whoa. cowardly way from behind, but feeling like I was fucking Batman at the time, you know, just for standing <laughs> up to a bully and saying enough's enough. And, yeah, I I sympathize. Wow. You know, I, I think everybody has that defining moment, or or not. I mean... There was a, a reporter, uh, not a reporter, journalist who interviewed Bug and I, and tried to get his defining moment out. And to this day, still, there, there, I don't think there's a defining moment yet with you, is there, Bug? I don't know. I think she really wanted the whole, like, yeah. tortured person background type of thing for me or something. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. And he just admired Spider-Man all his life. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had I had <laughs> I had some bully issues in high school. We all did. Um, my circle of friends did. We weren't super athletic or super popular crowd, really. But um, it wasn't a charmed life either. But I don't know. It, it wasn't until well after high school that I found out about this whole real life superhero. Yeah, thing. well after. <laughs> You know, well, well, well. Like after high six school. years ago, right? Eight, eight <clears throat> years ago, almost. Right? Eight, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, I looked into it and was like, "What?" I, 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 who was it I heard about first? It was that shadow hair guy in Chicago or something like that. Uh, and he, he just looked like this scrawny kid. I'm like, really? He's calling himself a real life superhero? Are there other people doing this? And then. You do some research, and yeah, there are other people out there doing it. I went, huh, is there anyone in the Bay Area here? Uh, And I found some guys, and I went out with them a few times, and both times they had, uh, they didn't tell me ahead of time, there were reporters following us around. I'm like, really, that doesn't seem like a great way to get work done on the street. 
Um, and I had kept this from Rock because I thought it was a little crazy, and it was. Um, and I decided, well, you know, I'd, I'd better let her in on this before we get any further into it. And so I had to go big or go home with the uh, the reveal. I don't know yes. if Rock wants to talk about that at oh, all. That's, that's part of her origin story. Time. That's part of her origin story, but that's that's not the beginning of her life of activism. Oh, yeah, right? Um yeah, see, Bugs, Bugs, you know, he got the bullying. I think a lot of people got the bullying during uh, um, junior high and high school. And um, I was pretty fortunate that my sister was just this big badass in school. I mean, really, she just, she was into Bruce Lee, so she was taking martial arts at the time. And uh, during junior high, nobody would mess with me because I was Karen's sister. So seriously, that my sister was just so cool. I was like, don't mess with her, don't mess with her. But then we moved, and no one knew who Karen was. You know, my sister uh, had moved out by then, and, and uh, you know, um, I moved into a really rough neighborhood. I mean, uh, my, my high school was Richmond High, and, and for those of you who know anything about Richmond, California, that's where that movie Coach Carter comes from. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and that was a high, yeah, that was a high school they were talking about that, you know, not an easy high school. Um, so yeah, I, but, but luckily I, you know, I, I was a really friendly kid in school, so I, I didn't get into a lot of fights and I didn't get, but I thought what happened around, I mean, there were race riots and my boyfriend at the time got beat down just because he drove up and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the right race and he got badly beaten. Um, so I, I saw, you know, a lot of the injustices, uh, at a young age too, but, um, I think Bugs saying that wasn't the beginning of my activism, you know, him, him exposing me to the real life superhero movement. And, you know, he's right because just recently a family member posted a picture of me at the age of, um, 15 and I'm at a rally and, uh, it was something about student rights and um, they were taking away a lot of really important things for us, the, the school board. And I was at that rally, and I've got a picture of me sitting there with a sign on my chest that was meant for the parents to hold up. It said, I am a concerned parent, but I had gotten a bunch of my friends together to show up at this rally. Um, and we crossed out concerned parent, I mean, and put, I am a concerned student. And we all made sure that our voices were heard then. Um, that was when I was 16. Um, so there was always that uh, desire to, to do something where I could. Plus my mom, man. I talk about her all the time. I talk about her in my book. My book is called How to Be a Real Life Superhero in 12 Steps, by the way. If you will put a link up. Yeah, I'm pushing it. Shameless. No promo. <laughs> Shameless stuff. You know, I will promote the hell out of that book, and this is why. Because whenever we get money for a sale of that book, it goes to homeless outreach. So, yeah, I will beg for your money, not because it's going in my pocket, but because I got to buy, you know, granola bars and water and, and burritos and whatever else we give to the homeless. So, yeah, please check out my book. Um, all you have to do is follow the link that we're going to put up. But if you want to look it up on uh, online, it's A True Origin Story, How to Be a Real-Life Superhero in 12 Steps by Roxanne Kai. Um, anyway, in, in that book, is talking about my mom. And my mom, I, you know, I, she could have been a real asshole. And I'm sorry, she could have been because my mom had uh, survived the, uh, the Philippine Island invasion by the Japanese. Uh, 
uh, where she got injured so badly that she got um, uh, locked off. She she had she got her toe cut off uh, in fleeing the Japanese invasion. She and her family fled, and uh, in the in the fleeing, she lost a toe, and um, some doctors stayed behind, risking their lives to help take care of this kid who got infected. She got locked job, but she survived. She actually wow. survived. So yeah, uh, and you know she uh, she she was in the middle of it, dude. She's she had a piece of shrapnel in her back near her spine. I still have the uh, the um, X-ray um, that they wouldn't operate on because it was too close to her spine. And the shrapnel came from a freaking grenade, a grenade that killed her cousin who was standing next to her. And my mom has shrapnel scars in her arms and stuff. But I talk about her because all I knew of my mom was this really awesome woman who would freaking go out and feed the homeless. She we we never had a free couch in our house. Swear to God, growing up, we had people on our couch all the time who didn't have homes, um, who needed some place to stay, you know, who needed a hand up. And my mom would, you know, just that was her her mo. She would just help people who were down and out, whole families, you know, at times. So I was brought up with that. I was brought up to share. And then for some reason, I got into, uh, I was a victim of uh, domestic violence and um, child molestation, uh, unfortunately. And um, I, after the domestic violence incident, I um, joined a martial arts dojo and uh, became a bouncer and then eventually assistant head of security at, at San Francisco's oldest nightclub. So I think all those things in my life, somebody said, you know, you were being set up to do this. All those things happen. Just like with you, you know, um, Spectre, just all those things that fell in your lap, they did to bring you here, you know, right sure. to where you are now, to this whole real-life superhero thing, to this whole altruistic movement. So um, sure, Bug did the big reveal, and uh, brought me to the screening of that HBO documentary, Superheroes, in which, you know, he he walked up to the stage at the end of the movie with all the other uh, real-life superheroes standing there. And, and he walked up in costume, though, so I, I had no idea. I thought my husband just went to go to the bathroom, you know, during the Q&A after the movie. And uh, the director was there and, uh, and some real-life superheroes, and they had a Q&A after the movie, so... You know, I'm sitting in this theater going, okay, so he's in the bathroom. All right. Um, I hope he doesn't miss the Q&A. Oh, he missed the Q&A because 10 minutes, 15 minutes after he left me to go to the bathroom, this night bug guy walks up to the front of the theater and, uh, you know, shakes hands and hugs some of the real-life superhero guys and stands there, and he gets introduced as Nightbug from Richmond. I'm like, I like that guy's mask, and I like the cut of his jib, as it were. I did. I, I, I thought he was one of the cute ones up there, even though he was wearing a mask. Because, you know, he was built really nicely. Anyway. To this I, day, by the way, I don't really know what jib means. I, but okay. I, for another show. We'll have another show. But anyway, so yeah. So uh, after the Q&A, I thought, okay, my husband's not back yet. Something's wrong. Let me, go, let me go grab some guy to go check the bathroom for me. Make sure he's okay. He's not in there puking or something. And then I hear my husband's voice behind me. I turn around. It's not my husband. It's that night bug guy with a mask. And that's where this whole crazy thing started. But I always tell people, and it's in my book, the first two things out of my head were, what in the hell? How long have you been hiding this from me? And the second thing was, how do I get involved? 
Um, so yeah, that's a that's that was my origin story and how how I got into this whole real life. Why did I give that away? I just realized I should have said if you want to know, buy the freaking book. I should have left it on a cliffhanger. Damn it! I'm <laughs> I mean, too that was like the teaser trailer version. I mean. I'm sure there's I'm yeah, sure that there's is, that stuff is. in there too. Way there's more. so much more. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So there's there's much more. And pictures. And pictures. And pictures of that night too. So yeah, and the other guys he was with and everything. So and in the book there's pictures of uh oh god, there's pictures of essentially almost what are we this is six years, we're going on our sixth six year, year of, of doing this. So there's pictures and advice from all kinds of different real life superheroes. So literally I have like 40 years total, you know, worth of info from all kinds of real life superheroes that have contributed to the book. So, um, and they're in there and their pictures are in there too. So, uh, pick up the book cause it's, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I didn't write it alone. I wrote it with the help of the real life superhero community. So yeah. Anyway, there you go. So, you know, I'm actually going to buy that book, and I'm going to bring it to San Francisco when I come out in two weeks, and I'm going to ask you to sign it, because it sounds freaking awesome, and I, I don't know why I haven't picked up a copy yet. Because you hate me. I don't know, you, take it for, you take our friendship for granted. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dude. You know, no, I just realized no, that sounded like... like a sponsorship thing as well. Heroes 101 is sponsored by Roxanne Kai and her new book. I love this book. Um, <laughs> But it wasn't. I genuinely don't know why I haven't picked it up yet. And I'm I'm going to, and I'm going to ask you to sign it. And you you just better sign it, or there's going to be trouble. Oh yeah, I will. I will. Dude, you you've been. It's not like you haven't been busy. I mean, I'm not giving you excuses or anything. But you know, you're doing the show tonight. Next week you can't do the show because you're going to be in the UK, and then after that you're going to be in Boston. So yeah, it's not like you're sitting on your thumb. Why are you doing it? You can't do the show. Oh yeah. Because you can't do the show next week. I think I think we might have a guest uh, host. Uh, I believe that Impact, uh, another real life superhero, uh, has no. offered. Oh my God! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> has offered to do a um, a segment on on a subject that he finds yeah yeah um, pretty interesting. So uh, and it's kind of along the lines of this one too. So it's it's a nice follow up, but. But yeah, yeah. When you do, when you, when, I'll be anxious to hear what you think about it. And, and anybody who bought the book, uh, oh, by the way, like I, I believe was it Robert Frost is in the book too. There, are, there are so many people in the book. Um, those of you who bought it and who've read it, I would really love to hear what you thought of it because there's a follow-up book coming out called Patrol, and it is coming out hopefully next fall. And it's all about exactly what the title is. It's about patrol. I'm gathering stories about um, patrols. Humorous, scary, just crazy, anything. And uh, already I've got quite a few um, amassed. So, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think about the book. Cool. And, uh, I've, got a, I've got a patrol yeah. story for you as well if you want one. But uh, definitely one for another Ooh. show. Oh, are you serious? Oh, okay. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right on the edge. Who did Negan kill? Was it Glenn? Was it Maggie? Or were you just going to have to wait first. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. All right, then. So, uh, oh, okay, we've got, like, what, seven minutes left? Yeah, seven we've minutes. kind of gone oh. on, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, you know, it's it's... 
like I said, we could do literally uh, an entire month's worth of origin stories, having people call in and letting us know there because there's so many um, there in uh, you know the real life superhero community, and not many people get a chance to, to talk about it. So um, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a follow up to this show when you get back and uh, yeah. see who else to share there. Because like I said, I bet every single time someone calls in, and if if we know them and followed them for years, we'll go. We did not know that. That's pretty damn interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know what? The, um, the, the whole reason I wanted to do this show in the first place was because, you know, and and the whole Colossus quote at the beginning was uh, people assumed that, that and, and we we've even had a show in the past that kind of alluded to the fact that there must be something different about you, you know, upstairs for, for doing this stuff. You know, there's going to be, <laughs> you know, it, it's almost the opposite of being a sociopath. It's somebody who cares too much, and it, you know, it must almost be like a mental illness to, in order to want to do this. And you know, I've I've always disagreed with that. I've always thought that the people who do what we do are just average people who who look out there and say, I want to make a difference. You know, I'm sick and tired of just walking past the homeless people and ignoring them and pretending to ignore them and treating them like animals. You know, I'm sick and tired of, you know, ignoring the problems around me, and and I just want to step up and do something. And I think some people naturally do that. Some people get to the point where, you know, they've had enough of ignoring the problem and they they kind of feel obliged to do it. And for other people, it's, it's a real effort every single time, but they still make that effort for the right reasons. And... And I guess, you know, my point is anyone could do this and, and everyone should do this. And, you know, Colossus says four or five moments. I would call bullshit on four or five moments because I think most of us who do this do four or five moments a week. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. but I think if everybody in the world were to, were to give four or five moments when they actually do something for other people, the world would be a hell of a better place than it is right now. Amen, dude. Seriously, I... It's- uh, we've seen uh, we've seen regimes brought down just by people putting something on Twitter and and hooking up and and getting you know the numbers that they need to 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 just you know make huge change um, and something like homelessness we all know because there's no money in it um, it's taking way too long to get to a see anyone affect any change and just like with uh, all the crimes that we see that could be solved or prevented again there's not enough money to help affect that change so I'm glad that we're out there even being the small percentage that we are I'm glad to see that it's growing and um, that people are sticking with it because I think uh, after all these years, we've, you know, seen people come and go like that. And, and we've seen people talk the big talk, come in, hit hard, and then fade away in three or four months. You know, so I, I'm really happy that we're still here. I'm, I'm grateful to those who are in the real-life superhero community, those veterans. Um, and I hope that, that uh, this keeps growing, the effectiveness keeps uh, reaching farther. Well, I sound like a freaking card, don't I? Hallmark card. <laughs> at least you're not still advertising that freaking book. I know. I could add that at the bottom. Brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> this Hallmark card brought to you, courtesy of. <laughs> when are we going to get some sponsors? That would be kind of nice. Who would we even have? We could. You know, we could. Let's see. Who would want to sponsor a bunch of real-life superheroes? 
Kevin Smith. Why don't we just freaking call out Kevin Smith? <laughs> yeah, just do 20 bucks no, a month. Seriously. Yeah, 20 bucks. I mean, the guy, you know, come on, it's not like he can't afford it. Uh, we had Chase Masterson on here, so she cares. I, th- I think we do need some sponsorship. You know, you know what, though? No, I like we'd, we'd, uh, we'd end up with uh, Heroes 101 is sponsored by Donald Trump. Building the wall one brick at a time. And we'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Don't... Okay, I'm going to zip my lip because that's a whole no. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, let's not do is, politics. This is self-control right here because I'm, I'm really, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying very hard. Um, yeah. Or we get McDonald's. <laughs> Especially like, did you hear about that? I don't want to go into it, but did you hear about that McChicken sandwich video? Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I've managed to not look at it, but I'm feeling like don't after look the at show, it. I might horrify myself just to get... Don't, yeah. Oh, my God. Don't don't I'm look at it. I'm glad I haven't seen it Don't yet. see it. It's bad. It's all bad. And um, not like I was going to go run out and buy a McChicken sandwich, but now I... Yeah, this, it'll probably never happen in my lifetime now. So, um, <laughs> anyway... Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm I'm besmirching the rest of the show here with this time. I'll, I'll stop. There you go. We have <laughs> we have a little over two we minutes. We have a little, one little over one minute. So fair enough. That, well, I, I guess should, in that case we just we need to thank, thank everyone who dialed in, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, Robert Frost. Um, thank you very much for Evo and and for for little baby May, the, the cutest baby in the world right now. Yeah. I think. Um, and for Temper for putting together these veterans packs and we'll be posting a ton of information and uh, and of course Rockenberg as well um, so you guys are going to be back next week with Impact um, I'm actually recording a show tomorrow with a local charity called uh, Room to Grow that I'll be talking a lot more about in two weeks when I come back and we'll have a whole uh, set of interviews recorded with the uh, with the owner of that non-profit so um, and then, God, then we get into uh, my trip to San Francisco when we'll be together for some crazy crap, whatever we arrange. And then holiday. Oh, hell yeah. And man, where's right. the year going? It's been fast. It's been a crazy, it's been a beautiful, knock on wood, awesome year so far. Oh, oh, by the way, thank you to our, our everybody in the chat room because you guys oh, yeah, have given absolutely. us a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you guys, uh, Simon, Petrikoff, I love that name, um, who is actually Will Spike. Um, and also, uh, let's see, Tree Song and Hero, uh, Geek Pile Radio. And, oh, my gosh, we're running out of time. I, thank you to all of you. And there you go. Have, have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, my co-host. You're awesome. <laughs> cool. Right. I'll talk to you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Have fun. Have fun. Safe travels, too. And- Be your own hero. Woo! Do something! Do some music! Do right. Good night! <laughs> Good night! <laughs>